Hello, you're with Love of Learning, a podcast focused on transforming the world through education and self-education. My name is Dejan Stanchev and I'm your host. This year has been a crisis year in many aspects. We are forced to face all the dysfunctional systems that we have operating in our world. Health, education, food, politics, parenting, human rights, climate and nature. Unfortunately, that list keeps going on and on. If you want to build a better future, we need to focus on our children and our planets. Parenting patterns have been running through families for generations, but maybe we're the generation to stop and change all that has been proven to not work anymore. We need to adapt and raise our kids to be the children of the future. Are video games part of this new modern parenting, especially at the current lockdown situation? And how can we navigate through this for the best outcomes for our children? To discuss all those parenting questions, today we have Lauren Nemitz, a father, video game enthusiast, growth mindset parenting, and a gameity coach. Gameity coach. You can find him on Facebook and listen to his podcast Gameity. Thank you, Lauren, for joining us today. Thank you, Dan, for having me. It's a, it's a blast. Thank you so much. There is a lot of controversy regarding video games and what are their benefits and downsides. I myself had an addiction to video games when I was a teenager and spent lots of time in gaming instead of focusing on my myself, my future. How we should approach gaming in our family? Yeah, well, first of all, I was also uh, addicted to video games as well when I was a teenager, and it was uh, really a hard time also for me, especially when I. Um, you know, lost um, the connection to my parents and lost my connection to the outside world, basically. You know, when I got uh, home from school, I just tossed my, you know, school bag into the corner and I sat down and I started uh, video game. Does it sound familiar to you? Very, very much familiar. Yes, exactly. Right? <clears throat> so, so yeah. And um, back there, when I was a teenager, there was... Um, there weren't no many games for for online for internet, and I started with offline games. But then, when we got our first internet connection, then you know the whole world just opened up, and then I started to play also online games. And uh, um, you know, looking back at my myself from from this point uh, into the past, um, I realized that. If my parents would have <clears throat> would have approached this problem in a in a in a different way, in a much much more empathetical way, that would also helped me a lot to get rid of you know my video game addiction. Of course, I also did get rid of my video game addiction, but it took me years uh, to you know to forget it or or to to control it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So what were they doing wrong and how should they have behaved? Well, first of all, um, you also know, since uh, we, we are talking about parenting and, and, and all, all these important things, that the parenting patterns which we are using are coming from our past, how our parents raised us. Yeah. But we need to realize <clears throat> that in, here in the 21st century, some of the parenting patterns are outdated. Let me give you an example. For instance, especially nowadays, when we are facing this pandemic and lockdown situation, 
for instance, go to your room. You're grounded for a week or something. If it rings a bell, just, you know, I, I, I can see you. You're nodding your head. So right now, this is not working. I mean, go to your room to say to a kid, I mean, like, I mean, come on, dad, I'm sitting in my room 24-7, you know? So that was also back there when I was a teenager, one of the approach of my parents. Go to your room. Because we have, we had only one PC on which I could play, and that was not in my room. So go to your room, you're grounded, etc., etc., etc. Worst case scenario was that they plugged out uh, the the um, uh, the Wi-Fi, so they they unplugged the Wi-Fi basically from our home, so nobody had Wi-Fi, and I also couldn't play. So um, those were drastic measures, really drastic uh, action points. But if we look at our you know, current situation, everything, literally everything, almost everything uh, is, is happening through internet. We find also each other on, I think on Facebook, right? Yes, yes. Uh, you pay your bills with your mobile phone. You do banking with your mobile phone. You're handling your emails with your mobile phone, right? And it would be really hypocritic uh, to, to say that there is, you, to your kid, like you have no internet, right? Once, because we are also using the internet. And second, nowadays, kids have only the virtual world to, you know, to keep contact <clears throat> with their friends, right? So that wouldn't be a solution, especially nowadays. And it wasn't also a solution back in the days. Of course, um, back there, my parents weren't attached to the internet that much as we are today. So they easily could handle a day or two without internet. Now, if we don't have an inter internet connection for a day or, or, or even for an hour, normally we, we are panicking mm. because we cannot send our reports in time. We cannot um, have meetings in time. And, and, and then we are freaking out, basically. Especially so now when, when we work from home, especially now, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So what I want to say here is... Um, for today's parents, because we don't want to, you know, <clears throat> stick, stick in the past. For today's parents, um, it's not a solution to, you know, to take away the kid's smart device, smartphone or tablet, and, you know, to punish him or her with, you have no connection to the outside world, because that is the almost the only way right now to have connection, some connection with the outside world. What I, how I see uh, the, the problem here is um, nowadays the parents need to realize that old parenting patterns, some of the old parenting patterns are clearly not working. And, and they need to develop empathy towards the passion of their children, which is social media on one hand and video games on the other hand. Because once they 
understand the patterns behind the video games and the patterns behind social media, once they understand it, they can put a framework around it and they can use that kind of time framework, you know, to have some quality time with their children and, you know, to allow the children to have also some, you know, so to speak, me time in the virtual world. Okay, okay. It makes sense. Uh, so according to you, what are the pros and cons of the video games? I know that's a big topic, but how can we put it in a nutshell? Oh, uh, in a nutshell, that would be a huge nutshell. Uh, <laughs> um, basically, there are two kind of video games. And it's, it's uh, whether we talk about PC or console games or even mobile phones, uh, mobile phones are a bit tricky, but we can separate video games into two big groups, online games and offline games. Uh, and behind those two groups, there are so many, many subgroups and subgenres, what the kid can play, that um, we need to, you know, dig a bit deeper into the serpent's lair in order to understand it. Let's start with the offline games because those are uh, not that familiar nowadays. Offline games means that the kid doesn't need uh, an internet connection in order to play the game because the game is already downloaded to the PC or uh, to the console. And it doesn't require, the game itself doesn't require uh, internet connection. That means that that game can be stopped also known as saved anytime by the player. Or if it's a specific type of game, um, whether the player uh, need to reach a point in the game, in the story, where he or she can save the process, or there is a time limit, which after the time limit passed, again, the player can save and or quit also the game. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, so far, so good. Just, yeah, just let me know if you have some questions because uh, I can go on and on for hours like, regarding. Uh, <laughs> I, I would like to, to, to know what are the benefits, like the pros and cons of playing game? What are the good things and the bad things about them? Um, let's start with the, obviously the bad things. Yeah. Uh, the very, very biggest uh, issue is that it's addictive. Yeah. Right? So whether we are talking about offline or online games, it's addictive. That is the biggest, biggest issue, which I think almost every parents are facing. Um, <clears throat> um, and I would I would also stop here the the, the bad thing, so to speak, because behind that <clears throat> It's just, you know, time frame again, how to set up the, the, the gaming time for the kids. So if, if you say uh, a bad thing is that the, the kid is playing too, too much on a PC or on a console, then it, it's a time issue, right? It's a time issue. But the time issue uh, and also the addiction can uh, be handled once the parents understand the patterns behind the games. 
Yeah. So so this is this is the 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 bad side of it. The benefits. It depends on what kind of game genre and what kind of game type is the kid playing. Uh, for instance, um, there are those how to uh, shooter games. Yeah. yeah. This is this is not the official definition uh, of those kind of games, but I think parents uh, most likely, if they are look at the the screen or on the TV, and the kid is you know shooting something, those are the shooter games. Now, um, the benefit of a shooter game is that, and and I saw also TED talk um, two years ago, which was delivered by a professor from uh, a Swiss university. They are also, and sorry, but I cannot remember anymore the name of the professor, but you know, you can search for TED in, in TED Talks regarding it, the benefits of, of video games. I think that was the, the title as well. So they, they measured the, the reaction time of the people, those who are playing shooter games and those who are not playing at all. And the, the reaction time was way, way shorter for somebody who is playing actively a video game. Um, also, uh, another benefit is that the kid uh, can learn um, some strategical and tactical thinking. Because if those games are played, for instance, online or even also offline, doesn't matter any anyhow, um, those shooter games require some tactics. You know, just, just plan ahead your moves. Like, whether or not should I step into that room alone or with somebody else, with one of my friends, if you are talking about an online game. What should we do? How should we approach a situation? And uh, why we are talking about this, like they can learn some strategical and tactical moves that can be also implemented into their lives later. They can learn how they can plan their own lives ahead only from the video games. Yeah. Uh, so the analytical thinking is also improving because uh, kids will analyze situations within seconds. And, and that is also a benefit. Oh, sorry, a downside of it, because I, I forgot to mention this, is bullying, cyberbullying, because cyberbullying is not only uh, represented on social media, but also on video games, uh, online video games. <clears throat> but regarding the benefits, um, and sorry, just that I, you know, just tapping here and tapping there, because um, there are so many topics right now in my head of which we could talk about. Uh, another benefit is, for instance, if you are talking about an online game, that the kid can have new friends. For instance, if you have or if the parent has an introverted kid, somebody who is, you know, closing in to his own world and doesn't like any social activity, but that kid loves to play on an online platform, whatever game it is, that kid will have friends, yeah, 
uh, on in, inside the virtual world. So they can learn uh, in, a, in a totally different way in a virtual world so how to socialize, how to approach people because nobody can see them. But I mean, they, who they really are. Are they real friends? Is it a real friendship connection? I, I don't think creating friends online works the same way as creating friends in school. Um, the basics are the same. Like if if you if you are an if you are the new guy in the in the school in the class, right? Yeah. How do you get new friends? If you are an introverted, you just sit in the corner, and you just you know just looking up from your books, basically. If you have um, zero social, uh, um, you know, um, um, social need, then then this is how you will do it. And slowly, after time. Some of the kids will approach, like say, "Hey, I'm John. How are you? What is your name?" Etc. 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 It's the same also in the virtual world. But, but if you are talking about an online game, the kid is also forced into, you know, a group activity. But since nobody can see them, who they really are. Yeah, nobody will judge him regarding you know the appearance, because inside the virtual world, he or she can have an avatar um, or a player character, like you know, however he or he wants. Yeah, and and in that sense, it's a bit easier. If it's true friendship, you ask, it depends. It's it's always a job, but that that is also a job, I think, um, in the real world, like in a classroom. Can you can you make real friends also in a classroom? Like, how many real friends do you have from high school years? I have I have like five, five, six, five. How many were you in a class? In the same class. In the same class. Yeah, all of them. All of them, but yeah. how how many people were in the class? Uh, there were like 25-30. See, so from thirty people, you have five or six friends, right? Yeah. The the same goes also for the virtual world. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just afraid of uh, kids trying to replace real friendship and with virtual friendship which to me, it's totally emotionally different. This is what I think. That's true. That's true. But if we are talking about an online game and um, if you, you know, if you have some friends in the online world, let's say, sooner or later, there, there will be a point where, you know, they're, they're thinking of, let's have together a picnic. Okay. Yeah, if that happens, so, it will be good. I, I've been there, done that. Okay, okay. So this is why I know, for sure. Of course, is it dangerous because we don't know who is on the other side of the, of the PC? Yes, but therefore, 
it's our responsibility as parents to prepare our children. Yeah, like um, not to, you know, not to uh, talk to, so to speak, strangers. Like, because nowadays kids are playing and they are really smart, right? So, for instance, there, there are many, many forums in which I also uh, present and I, I see what the questions from, uh, from parents are, basically, is that my, my son, for instance, my son is playing something with his classmates. Is it good or bad? I would say it's awesome. Right? And... Exactly. This is because when you have a smart kid and there are so many applications also on a smartphone, also for the PC, also for the console, where you can create, uh, you know, secret chat rooms inside an online game and you can invite people. Yeah. So, for instance, if you are friends on Facebook and I send you an invite to you know my chat room inside the game which we both playing then only we will have the opportunity to talk it's like building relationships like that exactly yep exactly yep. of course there are so so called open or free chat rooms for specific games as well where everyone can you know get in touch with anybody basically Okay, okay. There, so, there, is, there is a real, there is a danger. So, yeah? so, so when you present your parents, what are the, the typical questions you get? What are they most interested in and what they want to know? Basically, they want to know if the specific type of game, what <clears throat> their kids are playing, is it good for them or not? Like age appropriate or not? Okay. Um. I used to say there is a, there is a, a website. It's called pegi.info, I guess. It's the pan-European game information or pegi.com. Sorry, not .info.com. It's the pan-European game information where um, each and every game is rated regarding, you know... Um, <clears throat> game type regarding like um how much you know gore and 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 um, other other bad stuffs are happening inside the game and those are rated so you can search for the game okay so the answer yeah? is already there the, yes exactly and furthermore on each and every game so if you go into a store and you know you buy the game yeah it's also on the cover of the game yeah so there are plenty of information regarding a specific game but parents usually don't check it out yeah it would only cost five minutes of their time okay so uh in you have uh, created this term gamepathy and you have taken a unique approach that is focusing on bridging the parents to their kids' video game experience. Would you yes. explain exactly what is uh, gamepathy? 
yeah, empathy is the empathetic skill of a parent toward the, the passion of their children, whether if it's video games and or social media. But let's let's check out video games. So what do I mean by that? If somebody is uh, approaching me regarding, you know, empathy, again, it, it's a mentoring program basically for parents. Yeah. <clears throat> Then what, what I do is um, I just ask some questions first because I also need to know what type of game the the kid is the child is playing. If the parents know the games by name, it's even easier. Yeah. Um, and then I educate uh, the parents how they can approach the child in order to have, again, some deeper connection. Let's imagine the following situation. And let's pretend just for a minute that we are not in the lockdown, okay? So it's late in the afternoon. You come home from your work. You work nine to five and you are exhausted and you are tired, but you would like to do what? To have dinner with your family and you would like to have some real quality time with your family and with your children, right? So you go upstairs to your kid's room and you open the, the door and you can see that the child is again playing their game, whatever it is, yeah? First, you just ask politely, like, honey, come, let's have some, you know, uh, dinner, shall we? And whether you get a negative response or no response at all. And then the whole situation just explodes and it ends up in a fight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you are grounded, you're the, this, you're under, uh, until you leave, uh, until you live under my roof, you have to do what I say, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So that will have a long-term negative effect on their relationship because as soon as the kid can move out from the home, yeah, they will do it and they won't look back. Uh, frankly, they will uh, look back at the parents only on, you know, some, 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 maybe some Christmas or Thanksgiving or some some other big family happenings but that's it yeah so and and the whole thing starts before the parent is um opening the door let's revert the time you go home it's not not lockdown again so it's important to imagine it like this you go home you're exhausted you you spend nine to five you would like to have some really nice family uh, uh dinner and uh, You go upstairs and before you open the door, you already prepare for war in your mind because that, is, that won't be the first time and surely that won't be the last, right? Because you know that probably in 98% of the cases, the kid is doing what? He or she is playing, yeah. right? Or, or, you know, just sitting in front of the tablet or in, in front of the phone and, and nothing goes, nothing else goes. Yeah. So because emotions are, you know, generated from our past experiences, you immediately get angry and then your mind is sending uh, um, um, signals to your body. 
And that's why you will have a stomach ache or a stomach burn immediately. You will, you know, your, your <clears throat> muscles are, are, are getting, you know, tighter and, and um, the blood rushes again in your head before you open the door. And this is how you approach. And this is what I would like to avoid. And this is why it is my mission to educate parents in the video game world of their children. Because just imagine the following situation. Again, you're coming home after the work, nine to five, you're exhausted. You would like to have dinner and some quality time with the kid. You open the door, you go upstairs, you open the door and you see the kid is playing, right? Here's the thing. Instead of saying, come honey, let's have some dinner. And instead of getting into a fight again, what if the parent would ask son or daughter when you will be able to save the game? Or furthermore, if it's an online game, when you will be able to leave your friends? Different approach, eh? Right? And then I'm almost 99% sure that there will be a response and no negative response, right? Something like mom or dad, I'm in the middle of something. I can leave in 20 minutes. Okay, then you stayed calm. Mm -hmm. You are in control. And you can say, okay, after 20 minutes, we will have dinner. Okay, that's a much better scenario. Right? And at the dining table, with the help of Gamepathy, you can ask some relevant questions regarding the game. And it's important because the, <clears throat> the kid loves to talk about his passion, right? Just imagine this, the, the, uh, a different way, like when you go to the pub, I know we have a lockdown, so we don't go to the pub, but let's imagine you go out with your friends and everyone from your friends love, love football, I mean soccer, yeah? yeah? And you cheer for the same team. How easy is to get in conversation with your friends? You connect much better. Exactly. The, the same, following the same logic, you can connect much easier to your child if you ask some relevant questions regarding the game. Right? And that will, on long term, that will create a positive feeling in, in the child. Like, oh, uh, dad or mom doesn't want to yell at me again, but they are asking something. Right? Can you do your, I don't know, can you do your homework or can you do your chores? Right? They do your chores. Instead, honey, I really would like to ask you to do your chores after you finished that game in 10 minutes. Because with the help of game petty mentoring, the parents will know exactly what are the patterns behind that exact game. So there won't be no bullshit from the kid's end. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Does it sense. make sense to you? Yes, 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 yes. It's a very nice approach and 
it's much much easier and better to connect like that and and yeah you can you can make them do what you want in a much better way without getting angry and shouting and sending them to the to their room yeah exactly and stopping the internet yeah and you offer also a, a rpg coaching yes what, what is it and why do parents need that um rpg coaching is um storytelling based gamification coaching model which um, i developed in the last four to five years basically <clears throat> um but in order to understand it let me take you back in time okay and we don't even need the delorean for it so um it's 2005 I graduate as a teacher from my university, but also at the same time, my parents got divorced in the same year. And it was a peaceful divorce. So for me, already I was an adult. I decided to stay with my mom, but I visited my dad on a regular basis, almost every day, because he lived only like for five minutes walk from us, right? And... uh, it was just me at the beginning and we talked and we played card games and we played board games. We watched some movies. We had a great time, but after a while it felt like, you know, it's just, we need to do it again. Right. And then I invited some of my really good friends uh, to my dad's apartment and we started again. We had some really nice conversations we played some card games, we played some board games, we watched some movies. And then one time, one of my good friends asked like, hey, you're playing role-playing games, right? Why don't we play role-playing game? And I was like, why not? Let's give it a try. Of course, my dad wanted to back out immediately. <laughs> I, he was like, okay, boys, I leave you to it now. I will go and watch some TV in my in my other room and I say stop right there old man you will join us <laughs> and he did and he played with us for one and a half year long three to four times a week six to eight hours per session <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> I mean hey listen I was I was in my early 20s Yes, so yes. I could go, could go on and on with only a few hours sleep and I could go to work and, and do the, the, this whole shit again for over and over. Yeah. So, but the long-term effect came only later. Um, fast forward, 2015, I got my ICF accredited life coach license. And, uh, you know, there, there are, when you are, a, um, you know, a brand new coach, you want to help everyone, literally everyone, like come at me, I help you, I, I cure your disease or, or whatsoever, right? But I had to realize soon that this is not working. And uh, that we, we also had like really powerful questions in coaching, but some of those questions didn't roll from my mouth naturally. Let me give you an example. 
that is a, co- a question in coaching, like what brought you here today? This is a most common starting question. But here's the thing. Since sarcasm is my second language, I always used to reply to this question, what brought you here today? I used to say the bus <laughs> or the tram. Yeah. So I started to think uh, because it was uh, in 2015 uh, when I started to focus also on personal development. And um, I really found, um, I'm really grateful for the guy. He found a mentor and uh, like he said to me, if you have a passion, yeah, you don't need to work anymore, right? And uh, I started to think, what is my passion? I mean, coaching, I, I really like to, I love to help people. My real passion is is the role-playing games. And then I started to mix together a role-playing game with, uh, with coaching. And there are also some alternative coaching methods already out there, um, which using something similar. And uh, some of the listeners might say, yeah, D&D, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. We are doing it in the US of A like for a decade. But I wasn't saying any words regarding D&D. In fact, I wanted to build a, uh, a coaching method which doesn't use any particular uh, um, existing role-playing rule books or, or uh, role-playing games. So it, it took me almost five years. Fast forward 2019, at the end of uh, 2019, I got also another accreditation regarding uh, Global Disc. So I'm also an uh, ICF accredited and Global Disc accredited uh, coach and trainer. And um, somebody who is not familiar with Global Disc, it's it's an assessment and it's measuring the personality on a really, really deep level. And it's, it's the why, the how, and the what we are doing, what we are doing, also on a cultural basis. And <clears throat> then it fell everything in, in place, like a jigsaw puzzle. Because I can use the global disk assessment to, to see what kind of person you are, right? And with the help of the global disk assessment, I can do with you my RPG coaching method. So what is this uh, coaching method? Um, what I do is when we sit, let, let's, let's, let's play the game of imagination, shall we? And let's say you really would like to get coached by me. Okay, we sit for the very first time. It's a zero session. And, uh, and, you know, I ask also a couple of questions. And I also ask uh, with some tricky questions, what would you like to be coached about? What is a roadblock for which you are seeking a solution or something? 
And let's say you say something, yeah? Like, this is my roadblock. Okay. Now that I will build into the story. Okay. The next step is you need to decide what kind of story would you, you like to play. I have several story arcs created. I have a fantasy-based story arc. I have a sci-fi-based story arc. And I have a story arc which I uh, do call Alternative Earth, right? And I explain to you, you know, the, the background stories of those story arcs. And you choose whatever is, you know, you're going by your gut feeling and you say, hmm, fantasy is, I think it's suiting me or sci-fi is suiting me the best. Okay, now I will put your roadblock and I will put it into the story. Yeah, but you won't be able to recognize it. And then based on your global disk assessment, we will create a character for you. That will be your character inside the game. So you will act, you will talk as your character. But the very interesting thing is whatever character you choose, you will play your own personality type, which is displayed in the global disk assessment that I can guarantee 100%. Okay? okay. So far, so good? Yep, yep. Okay. Um, and we will play. I will tell you a story. And your character will be inside that imaginary world. And your character can do whatever your character wants. Okay? There is no right or wrong. I don't decide anything for you. You decide everything. Whatever you want to do. Okay? okay. I create... Uh, I create the framework, the story framework, and I narrating the story, basically. So we play for 45, 50 minutes. And after we have a reflection session where I ask you, can you see some similarity between your roadblock and the things what happened inside the game? And that will be the moment of realization, okay? Because once you start playing, yeah, and you get into the flow, your creative side of your brain will take over, you know, because we have a creative side of the brain and we have a logical side of the brain, right? Yep. So the logical side of the brain will be put aside, thing you heard uh, heard of me there that there are different uh, so basically he's creating you're creating the the role for the person and then you play and then there's a re reflection but uh, so you're trying to get into the person's imagination and you're trying to connect with him or you're trying to find what he needs what's uh, the, the the goal for this a story in which uh, the player can do whatever he wants. But I will also uh, implement his roadblock into the storyline. 
let, let me go with an example, yeah, to, to understand it a bit better, okay? I had um, a project manager who approached me like he is looking for some answers, whether or not he should quit the company, whether or not he should change something. He was unclear. And he has chosen uh, a fantasy uh, story arc in which he played a droid. A druid, you know, um, a child of the forest or the nature who can, you know, talk to animals and who is, you know, friend of the nature, basically. Right? So that young druid got an assignment. He needed to do something in, on the top of the mountain. But during the, because it's, it's never the goal. It's the journey, Right? So during he was walking upstairs, uh, up to, on, uh, to the mountaintop, um, a storm uh, came. And it was cold and it was dark and it was raining and, and he, were lo- he was looking for shelter. And he found the cave, okay, at the side of the mountain. But the cave was already occupied by a grizzly bear. Mm. So... The grizzly came out from the cave. And again, the, the, the guy asked me, like, what should I do? Again, I don't give you any option. You, you, it's your life. It's your character. You choose whatever you want. I just firmly asked, what can you do? He said, I can run away. I can find the bear. And I can try to talk to the bear. Because I understand the language of the animals. And what do you choose? And he he has chosen to talk uh, to the bear. With me so far? Yep, yep. Sounds very interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you, okay, yeah, just, you create the just, whole, yeah, a whole, a whole story about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, that is one thing which I'm using. Uh, one tool which I'm using during during the play, and uh, I, I'm showing you this, but um, I think uh, your audience won't be able to see it. It's a six-sided dice. Yeah. This is the only thing which I'm using. Yeah. Yeah. And that needs to be in the hand of the player, okay. because the dice represents destiny. Okay. Yeah. And before I go on with the story of the young droid, you need to understand destiny, mm-hmm. okay? Because you are responsible only for your own words, feelings, actions, and emotions, right? Yeah. You cannot influence anything else outside that, okay? So another example, if you are a professional soccer player, and you are practicing a free kick from a specific point of the field, how to score a goal, right? And you, you're practicing it like over a billion times and you know already how fast you need to run, where you need to hit the ball, how, with, with which strength you need to hit the ball, etc., etc. But when the game, game night is on and you need to perform that free kick, yeah? You cannot influence what is around you. 
Maybe you will sleep on the grass because it's wet. Yeah. Maybe you there will be a blow of wind at the moment when you're kicking the ball, and it will distract uh, the way of the ball, and and you won't be able to score. You cannot influence those, and this is why you have the dice in your hand, and it represents that you have your own destiny in your hand. Okay. Yeah. So in every time, your character or the player, yeah, wants to do something, I let them roll the dice. Yeah, whether if it's a good outcome or a bad outcome, you need to react just as in, in, in real life, right? Yeah. So let's go back to the example of the droid. He said he would like to talk to the bear. Okay, I said, roll the dice. First, he rolled number one, which is the worst of worst, a totally fumble. And of course, the outcome of the throw was that he couldn't explain himself to the bear. So the bear got angrier and the bear stood up. I'm pretty sure you have seen, you know, in, in um, some, you know, documentary films when, when yeah. grizzlies got angry. Yeah. They're big. So, yeah, so they are, they are really, really scary. <laughs> and again, the guy asked me, like, what should I do? And I said, man, what are your options? Tell me. I can run away. Yes, you can. I can fight the bear. Okay, good luck with that. Or I can try to reason with the bear again. Those were his own words. I haven't gave him any options again. This is what he said. Okay. And I let him to roll the dice again. And he rolled the six, which is the best. So the bear invited him into the cave and he just survived the night without being eaten, yeah? And, um, and uh, that was our five minute session. After the session, I asked him, can you see some similarities between your actual roadblock and the story? And he just immediately realized the company was the bear. Okay. So what can you do? Yes. Or what did you do? What did you do as a druid? I talked to the bear. And what was the outcome? Finally, I was able to get along with the bear. So what is your, uh, what can you do in your real life? I really need to change my communication. After a week, we met again. And I asked him, like, have you worked on what we have discussed. And he said like, yeah, hell yeah. And I changed my communication style in the reports and I got positive feedback. So this is how you can imagine the whole thing is working. Now, how is it working between parents and children? The same way. Yeah. So we sit down together your children, your wife, but I don't give you any story arc. I ask you to create your own world, okay? With rules and restrictions, but everyone is equal 
in the creation process, the kids and the parents. I also ask to draw this, draw maps of the land, what you imagine together, okay? Draw the buildings, how, how do they look like? Draw the people, how do they look like? Okay, and even before we start our very first session, you already have, as a parent, your number one goal achieved because you spent quality time together with your kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a very nice and creative approach. Without yelling at each other, without, you know, having a fight regarding the video games or the social media. Because let me tell you, even kids in teenager age, like 14, 15, 16, and or also higher, not to speaking of the younger age, like going from six or seven or and or above, yeah? They are so into creation, yeah? They love to create, yeah? And, and once you sit down together with, with your kid, yeah? Because normally we have, you know, one week uh, distance between the sessions, yeah? You have one week, yeah, to, to, to create something together. How cool is that? Super nice and probably it creates a very good connection. And right? it's exactly, exactly what we need as parents. Can you hear me? Yes, 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 yes. I think it's uh, the connection is breaking now. But uh, if I can ask you, uh, what are the games of the future, and how can we make them as safe as possible for our children? What do you think? Virtual reality Virtual is reality. the future. Okay. Virtual re reality, in a way, like. You know, it's not in a, not only that you put on a, a VR glass anymore. Yeah. Um, have you seen the movie Ready Player One? I haven't, no, no. I highly recommend to watch the movie once because it has uh, many 80s pop culture references. Okay. So it's really nice and enjoyable also for, 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 for us. Yeah. And... <laughs> And uh, second of all, because it's, it, it is playing in the distant future and it's showing, I think, almost exactly how gaming will look like. Yeah. So, and it, it has really, really an interesting story. Um, I, I really highly recommend, and it was made from a book. Right. So if you are not a movie fan, you can also search for the book. Sorry for the author. I cannot remember by heart who has written that book, but it has the same title, Ready Player One. Okay. 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 Have a look. Thank you. So um, virtual reality is the keyword, I think. Um, how? Uh, how will it be, uh, um, you know, displayed or, or how they will, how they will, you know, uh, create it. That's also a really um, good question. 
Uh, Ernest Klein, I looked up, sorry, I, I looked up. Ernest Klein uh, is the writer of the book Ready Player One. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'll have a look. Uh, just before we finish, I have two more questions. So if, sure. you're, if you're able to tell someone who would otherwise never hear what you have to say about Gamepati, what would you tell them today in a couple of sentences? couple of sentences. Um, I help parents to find a deeper connection with their children like ever before. True gaming. True gaming, yeah. Okay, okay. And uh, what would you tell yourself to your 20-year-old self? Uh, would, if you go back in time, would you give, what advices would you give to yourself? Uh, nothing, because if you are a sci-fi fan that you know if you go back in time and alter the timeline <laughs> of yourself, then it wouldn't have uh, created the same outcome. Okay, okay. So, so you think that's the best thing? Um, I say everything happens for a reason. So I, I had to go through all this uh, uh, stuff with my parents in order to learn from it and in order to be able to realize Uh, the all outdated parenting patterns, and also that was the reason to be able to, um, you know, educate other parents to, you know, not to make the same mistakes. Okay, okay. I really like this uh, view of gamepati, and I did I didn't know about how you can approach your children to the games and create a good connection, but it really makes sense, and I, I'm sure it's working. And uh, thanks for being on the show, Lawrence. And I'm sure a lot of parents need this. I hope you get you get to as many people as possible and make them have feelings and empathy for their children, how they play and how they should approach and how to make them do things better through understanding them. It's a really, really good approach and I've never heard about it. And thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me here again. It, it was it was a blast to, you know, to talk about this. I love game game party. I'll I'll be using this term from now as well. Cool. <laughs> Thank you.